to that. One is um, the live streaming industry by 2027 will be worth around about 184 billion dollars. That's up from 20 billion in so 20 billion in 2020 up to 184 billion. That's a huge. Um, 67 percent of uh, people said that they would pay to watch quality. Uh, streams with a favorite team, performer, singer, whatever, you know. So, um, so on that side, I mean, I also do some work with some small businesses. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Sporting Global Podcast. Today, I'm here with Joe Shepard. And Joe, first of all, thanks, thanks for taking the time. How's, how's everything going? Yes, absolutely superb. It's uh, quite warm here on the uh, east coast of Ireland. Uh, it's raining outside, but it's very, very humid. I think yeah. we're getting the touches of what you've got in uh, Central Europe there. So it's uh, great, and thanks for the invite. On it's been it's been crazy warm these these, these last few weeks, especially in especially in Portugal. I think as in the region, it's it's a bit bit too much sometimes. <laughs> but you know, we 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 make the most of it. But uh, but I do have some friends in Ireland. I heard. I heard it's been quite warm as well, and yeah, it's been it's been humid here here too. But uh, again, like thanks thanks for taking the time. Obviously, you know it's great to share you know your story and uh, some of the cool stuff that you're doing. You know at uh, at Rugby Academy Ireland, and and there's 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 a lot of uh, cool stuff. And I thought like you know first and foremost, it would be nice to kind of. You know, just just take us a little bit how your journey in the sport industry began. Just take us a little bit through your background and how you, I guess, fell into the fell into the sport industry. Yeah, too easy. Uh, I had a background. I spent a long time in the UK forces. Uh, I'm working for NATO and uh, and the UN. Um, so involved in policing, security, intelligence, both hostile and benign environments. But a lot of those roles were from ground to strategic level and looking at organizational development, mentoring, coaching, building systems and processes, simplifying, looking at when, when you're, when you're in, these, in, in hostile environments, you don't have the time or the resources of money. So you look for what I always classify as low hanging fruit, something that can be done almost a cost neutral that has a greater effect um, over time for the people that you're working with. So that was really sort of my, my, my background on people, systems and processes. Um, and uh, I retired when I was 50, moved back to Ireland. And um, I also run a series of live online rugby chat shows through the Three Bod Rugby Group. Um, and so I was promoting, I came across Rugby Academy Ireland and I was promoting what they were doing because I really loved the ethos of what they were about, about inculcating the youngster, the next generation into the sporting industry. Um, and then from that, about five months ago, uh, the two directors, Johan Taylor and Dan Funsale, um, asked, would you come on board and do some stuff with us? So that's how I really fell into it. You know, as right. I said off camera before, I, you know, I did sort of rugby and judo and stuff like that when I was yeah. younger. I didn't start you know, football and judo. I didn't start playing rugby till I was 21. Right. Um, I get some long-term injuries, so you can't play anymore. And so I've really enjoyed that um, that engagement piece with people right. across the globe. I, I found a way through virtual studios about four years ago, before it became fashionable. Yeah. And that was a great way of being able to meet like-minded people once a week or once a month across the globe and chat about what we love, which was sports, rugby. 
That's awesome. And I mean, like, yeah, it's uh, everything happens for a reason, you know, and uh, there's always like, you know, that, uh, that uh, uh, incredible timing of things. <laughs> and um, I, I wanted to kind of like, you know, obviously you're, you're the head of engagement at the Academy Island. And I want, wanted you to know, share a little bit more about, you know, Rugby Academy Ireland, a little bit about its purpose. Like, tell, tell us a bit more about so people are kind of more aware of what, what you guys are doing and work sort of. Yeah, for sure. We're, uh, we're an independent international academy based in uh, beautiful County Kildare. We're co-located at a four-star four hotel and spa in, uh, in Kilasheen, Nace in Kildare. And as an independent uh, international academy, we take students from across the globe, uh, right. which is really good. Run by two South Africans, both will be educators, one's former national coach of Sri Lanka, one right. of the former South African Springbok International. So, <clears throat> excuse me, they've got, you know, the real credence there. Um, and the, the whole idea uh, initially when I set up a few years ago was to help aspiring young players to hit the professional level. Now, we know in reality only a small percentage of the next generation at any, any level really will make it to that top level. That's just the reality. And yeah. in rugby, the life cycle for that individual is quite short, you know, and that's if there's no injuries. So, um, so what we are now really is we've adapted the academy for aspiring male and female athletes, and we help them to be to get to the best level they can be at any given point, especially when they're coming through the academy. Now we do that a twin track approach. One is rugby development and aiming to get them to be a professional player where we can. Um, and secondly, we run a thing called a learning pathway program. Uh, and the learning pathway program is a series of educational and qualifications that they can attain while they're there. So they build that alongside. So if they don't make it to the elite level, or even if they do, they've got something for the future. Because yeah. a lot of people tend to, they, they, they fail to, to plan for the future. And then all of a sudden they've got nothing left. And we see this in sports all the time, don't we? <clears throat> Excuse me. So. And they can uh, they can attain qualifications like uh, a strength and conditioning coach, a personal fitness coach, refereeing. Uh, they can get their rugby coaching badges, performance analysts, video analysts, anything like that. So that not only gives them uh, a, a wider skill set that they can use both now alongside what they're doing and especially in the future, but more importantly, it keeps them in the sporting industry, in the arena, because the, the amount of players that we're losing in rugby, once they get to a certain, we've got youngsters have between sort of 16 and 25, when the youngsters get to a certain age, um, they then just fall by the wayside. If they don't make it to, you know, a regional or a county level, they right. get off. And what a loss to the sport and to the sporting industry is. So that's why we run this twin track approach and try and look long-term. And often both the parents and especially the students don't realise there are other roles within the sports industry, within rugby, that they could do and they can make money out. So if I may give an example, <coughs> we've got a, an 18-year-old girl who graduated two years ago. Yeah. She is on a professional contract with the Irish Women's Sevens team, nice. travelling around the globe at 18 on a centralised contract, playing in the HSBC circuit. How cool is that? Yeah. We had another lad who didn't quite make it to that tier one level, right. but is a by personal fitness coach, 
strength and conditioning coach, um, and he's building a very successful role um, as a inf- young influencer on TikTok as well. <laughs> you know, he's likely to go to university on the qualifications that he got through being with the academy. Right. How cool is that, that they can use the qualifications they gain with us to, yeah. to make money straight away, as opposed to oh. UK and Ireland, perhaps, where you get grants of money to go to university, and then you've got to pay that money back for whatever what will seem like forever, whereas these yeah. youngsters can start making money, but it keeps them within that industry. And, and, I, and it's, that's a really important facet of what we do. And it's very expandable across other sports, not just in rugby, really. Oh, 100%. And I think it's a really valuable uh, pathway, you know, for, for a lot of the young people, because I mean, like once you go kind of like the pathway of, okay, I want to be a professional uh, athlete, you know, it's kind of like you, you put everything else on the side and it's just like kind of the mentality as well, because being kind of like thought of like, ah, okay, but if you're going to be best, you have to just focus on, on this. Right. But you see it more and more as well on, you know, I would say, you know, even in the professional landscape, if, if they have professional contract, they're, they're trying to, you know, take their education, they're trying to do things to kind of like, at some point, this career is going to be over, you know, and they can be next year, it can be in a month, it can be, you know, in five years. You don't really know when it comes to, to, to sport. And, and the more you can kind of prepare for that, and I think, yeah, of course, not only for, for them as people, but and their personal development before the sport itself, it's extremely, extremely important because a lot of them, and we see this every time too, is, is that a lot of people want to be in sport, they just don't know where to go, where to start. So it's a really great way of kind of like just kick-starting or uh, creating that awareness. And then like, if, if that's the pathway they want to take, at least give them a framework in order to help, help do so. So I think that's very, very important. It is, <coughs> excuse me, and the likes of yourself, I think what resonated for, for me as an individual and, and us as an academy is Sport and Global has the opportunity to become the LinkedIn for sport uh, b- because of the links and what you're what you're you're doing. You know, I think that resonates with as well, because as an academy on our long eight month course, once the students graduate, we are the, the well, one of the few academies that we know of who actually guarantee them a, a trial with a team commensurate to the level somewhere across the globe. On top of that, we've now built up a, a network across the globe of, of um, people linked within rugby that we can give them opportunities. So, for example, Ollie Martin doesn't hit the tier, tier one level, but quite fancies, uh, you know, he's, he's Norwegian, he's, he's been, he likes travel, he's now in Lisbon in Portugal, he wants to go to South Africa or he wants to go to Lithuania or whatever, you know, and so there are clubs there now who will pay for the the, the fare across the, you know, monthly fee or arrange a job for them, et cetera, et cetera. And there's those opportunities there, especially since the pandemic, that give more opportunity for athletes, young athletes at different levels to go and experience the world and sport. And, you know, you imagine going to a tier two or a tier three club, say in Norway, which wants, you know, they've got a good backer who wants to expand where that club is going to, brings in some some youngsters from outside and, yeah. and, and pays them commentary for that. That's absolutely fantastic. Now, Ollie Martin is also qualified as a personal fitness trainer or a video analyst or a strength and conditioning trainer. You bring more as an 18, 19 year old for that club than anybody else. So all of these things together all fit in very, very well. 
absolutely and i appreciate, appreciate your, your your kind words as well uh, about us me, me means a lot you know taking things uh, step by step uh, we're working together you know in order to make an impact and i think that's that that's a very important part when when uh, you know you're you're trying to uh change change a part of the industry you know you always got to think about like you know how how to provide provide the value and at the end of the day you know just making making life a little bit easier for people you know and that's 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 how we're doing it but uh i'm talking a bit about obviously as the head of engagement like talk a bit about specifically more about some of the key responsibilities uh and, and some of the tasks that you're you're working on well i because i mean i i obviously given my background uh yeah. Uh, I had a sort of varied skill set from ground tactical to strategic level. But I came in as head of engagement to to gain them some new followers, uh, to raise awareness of what what the academy is doing and where it's doing it and the opportunities available. So for me, you know, I've always worked this belief that there's 7.2 billion people in the world, one big Joe Shep, only fair that I get a chance to speak to you all at some point. <laughs> Sounds pretentious, but I love that. You know, it's yeah. great that, the, the, you know, this is the next best thing to me being able to jump on a plane and go to Lisbon and meet you. Right. So this, so having done this, you know, all my life, and one of the things about being in, in hostile environments, you, you find you have to go and engage with people and break down barriers because of the trust. You have to build trust and relationship. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I was brought in to, to do a, a number of things based around those type of roles. Um, and to look at people at, at different levels and, and how we could, like ourselves, how we could best look at, you know, JV, joint, joint venturing to, together. Yeah. And, and, for, for, and, and that's really, really it. Easy, easier to do than most people think. You've just got to identify the what is your strategy? How do you operationally deliver that? What effect do you want to have for, for the people on the ground? And then find the people who were doing those things. And then I reach literally reach out to people on a global basis, on a daily basis, and say, Listen, can I get five minutes in your diary? Got something really exciting to mm-hmm. chat about. And then share the story. There's none of this, you know, ooh, uh, I can only tell you a little bit. It's, well, this is who we are, lads. This is what we do. We know what you do. We yeah. think there's, there's an opportunity to work together. But very quickly, <clears throat> we realized because of the structure within the academy is very, very s- small. So there's the managing director, there's the director of rugby, and, and, and me. The, the rest of it, all the coaches, the analysts, the support staff, everything come in and provide their services or the specialities when they're needed. So actually, the structure is A, very flat, which is pretty cool in 2022. But also, um, we didn't necessarily, in fairness, have our business continuity plans in place. So, you know, the two directors who have achieved so much, I mean, real inspirational, what they've done over the few years, especially through the pandemic. So I then started setting about sort of looking at uh, looking at what, what is the strategic capability that you want to do and how do we operationally deliver that. I then sort of broke down into a number of uh, seven uh, key functional business areas, some organizational development, business intelligence and security, operations, logistics management, uh, planning, communications, online, offline, inbound, outbound, all that good, good stuff, um, training, et cetera, and looking at what they had in place and then firming up the structures. So, so that's really I've spent a long time doing that. That's that level, um, <laughs> and then engaging with everybody. So, from 
the the Irish state here for the the schools. We have a thing called transition year here now, a bit like a gap year at the moment. Um, so we've been engaging with them and how we can help the youth get into sport and health and well-being and that more. And we're looking to try and move that bit forward, um, engaging with um, everything from the students, the parents, um, organisations, individual agents across the globe. Um, and all of those have fallen in. So it's a bit, of my- a bit of a myriad of things. The next six months now, we'll see that sort of consolidate a little bit um, as we build. But in fairness to the lads, you know, we- we've had students in the last couple of years who have graduated and like I said the example of the girl in the sevens we've had international players who who have been gone on to major league rugby they've gone to New Zealand they're playing abroad really successful Um, and then all the way down to those tier two tier three and tier four levels with the qualifications so all of those things have been looked at and so I've used my my past experience and 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 my skill set in I've often found in life that actually the industry doesn't matter it's the acquired skill set and experience that you bring. In, and, and, and fortunately for me, I can cut to the chase quite quickly um, in dealing with some things because I go back to, you know, the experiences and what I learned in hostile environments like Bosnia and Iraq and, and North, loads of different places. You don't have the time to prevaricate yeah. and to mess around. It's like these lads are like, love to do this with you. As we found, you know, we yeah. have to be honest, you have to manage each other's expectations because... Right. We're on different we're on different roadmaps um, as we're moving forward. So so a whole range of different things, but very it's been very it's been a great learning process for me, which I love, and um, it's uh, just moving forward. So cool. That's awesome. And I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, it's about you know, at the end of the day, kind of uh, setting the frameworks, right, in a sense for Absolutely. for these young people, and through that as well, it gives them the opportunity to. You know, discover more and create more more value down the road. So it's uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to the foundation. I mean, like we talk about that when it comes to companies, to people, it's, it's the foundation. You know, it's a, it's the essential key of of anyone's success building a house. You know, whatever it might be, if you don't have a solid foundation, it's not gonna it's not gonna work. Uh, but uh, I also, you know, talking a little bit, uh, you know, we talked a lot about you know all the good stuff that is. That is happening. That's that's great. I'm very glad to hear that. But we have to talk to you about some of the the key challenges as well that, that you're facing, you know, with uh, engagement in the rugby community, and in a sense as well, like how has you know kind of like the pandemic impacted it? Because obviously, you know, events stop, like people, uh, you know, could couldn't meet properly, and part of that too, as you know, it's it's like a lot of things went digitally and. And talk a little bit about, I guess, the, some of the challenges that you were facing in, in that kind of way. Yeah, <clears throat> the pandemic hit everybody, obviously, very, very hard. So we, you know, um, the lads kept going through a series of webinars and links and where they could get in, where we could do courses um, with, with all the appropriate protocols in place. So <clears throat> I like that. I think for, for many people on the mountain, the, the how do we keep going? And they did in a whole range of ways. But it wasn't just the pandemic, the, the changing scope of the world and, and Europe currently, Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera. The price is going through. That's affecting everybody as well. But coming out of the pandemic now, a number of those things that we learned. So, for example, for it was great for me to use my global network 
for the academy now through the live streaming that we've done to be able to promote that um, out to uh, out, out across the globe for them um, and to to engage because you you find people again I go back to what I said before you identify the people who you want to work with for a given reason and you contact them and so keeping that process going as opposed to stopping because otherwise you get that if you start stop you get that concertina effect which is hugely frustrating so yeah. keeping things ticking over and that takes time you know that engagement piece that engagement piece online you share a post out I then reshare that into maybe 60 70 80 groups Every single time somebody leaves a comment, you've got to go back in and you build that. And then they come back and they follow you and they ask questions and they learn more. And those are very simple. Some would say they're innovative, but actually it's a very simple way of it's just having rather than than um just shoving a whole pile of information out there and do no again. There's no point, it's all in the follow-up with people. Right. And it's and it's it's the old MMFI, make me feel important. You know, so if somebody takes the time and the effort to react or to put a comment on something you do or to contact you, we get right. back to them in a timely manner. And so we build all that like that. So um, it, it's been great. And then likes of yourself, the agents that we work with around the globe, all the links right. to the organizations we've got, we've, again, most of these are all cost-neutral JVs because it's in everybody's interest. And we've built a very successful network in a relatively short period of time, notwithstanding that there's two guys are international coaches, one's a former international player, and using their networks and their networks and and saying to people, we're not just in this for the short term, we want to work with people in the long term and building it. So that's been relatively easy for us. And that's just now we've come out and we're really running again. That's just bounced up and up and up, which has been cool. Oh, that's that's awesome. I mean, like, again, you kind of like have to utilize your... uh, uh, the network that you have, obviously the frameworks that you have in order to, to make the most out of the situation, you know, and if you don't adapt and overcome, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be challenging, you know, it's, it's all, it's all part of the journey, but I think, I think it's always important, you know, for people to, to talk about, you know, we're very easy in a sense as well. And I mean, like podcasts, what it might be, we're always very focused on, um, you know, there's a lot more than just the good stuff, you know, that's happening. And so we need to talk about, you know, both the good and the bad and some of the challenges that people are facing, because I'm like, if we're trying to educate the, 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 the new generation of, of sports leaders, they need to know, like, what are the, some of the challenges that they will face? And a lot of the things you like that you don't, you don't really know until you're in there, you know? So the more we can prepare as, as you were talking about, like, you know, preparing these young people, uh, for a better chance to, you know, whether that's as athletes or, or, or working in the industry, you know, you, you need those frameworks and, and, and tools around you to to help you. So it's, it's, it's all part of the process. It is. But I mean, you know, even just the basic down to costs at the moment. So great. We're co-located at a four-star hotel and spa. Beautiful. But the costs associated with all of that rising and travel and everything like that and getting people there now, it's all gone through the roof exponentially. And in the last few months, just after COVID. So there's some real challenges across the whole of the sport industry. And one of the reasons why we are looking at where we can cost neutral joint ventures with like-minded people that we can say, okay, well, you've got a mailing list. We've got this course. And how do we do that? And percentage, you know, commission, blah, blah, blah. Of course that works. That's the best thing in the world, helping your, your fellow brother and sister, right, you know, right. to be able to, to get through. And the more we do that together, you know, you don't have to pay fortunes, but 
it's finding those ways around and that's that's in the sports industry that's that's a big challenge at the same time we know that parents are wanting now after covid after everything else and the way the world is to put their kids through something that's worthwhile either for a term or a year or a week as a taster to experience that so so they will find the money we just need to be able to make sure that our costs are you know, commensurate to be able to bring those people in and give them those opportunities. The good, the good, good, good times will all come again. Hundred percent. And uh, I mean, like, I think, I think it's as well important for us to to talk about some of the key trends. And uh, it is always a lot, kind of, you know, going on in that sense. And obviously, you work in multiple roles within the engagement and streaming world. And what are some of the, what are some of the, I guess, the key trends that you foresee? Uh, coming up in the space? <clears throat> There's two sides to that. One is um, the live streaming industry by 2027 will be worth around about $184 billion. That's up from $20 billion in So $20 billion in 2020, up to $184 billion. That's a huge. Um, 67% of uh, people said that they would pay to watch quality uh, streams with their favourite team, performer, singer, whatever. You know, so... Um, so on that side, I mean, I also do some work with some small businesses because there is no better way to engage um, and to nurture and to educate your, your clients, your followers, both current and future than this. So, for example, you know, we, we would take a Facebook page or a, um, or a group. Uh, in fact, we can, through our virtual studio, we can multi-cast uh, out to 10 different locations. So LinkedIn, Twitter. Facebook groups, Facebook pages, individual sites, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And that means, say, you know, Sport and Global has like has 13.5 thousand on its Facebook page. At some point in the future, we can go live through your page. That's straight away we're hitting your 13.5 thousand immediately like that. That's a great way to update and educate, to nurture, to engage with them. You know, that's how much you're going to pay on traditional transactional marketing, you know, to, to, to get something done. So that's why it's growing so much. And that is a, a great way to be able to build up relationships. It's not a TV studio. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's the next best thing to me sitting in your gaff in Lisbon, having a couple of cold ones, chatting right. about and putting the things to right. Why wouldn't you? That's why it's so successful. And, and people feel that they're part of your story, your journey. So the whole brand storytelling of, you know, at some point I'll get um, yourself and Eduardo on and we'll right. tell your story of your journey leading up to, you know, and your vision thing. That's brilliant, you know, because there'll be people who join Sport and Global and still don't know the story behind the story. And yeah. that brand story, and that's really great. So on that side of things, the industry growing is superb. On the rugby side, again, I go back to what we're doing with, almost cost neutral uh, joint ventures with okay. with agents, with individuals, with organizations where we can show that we can add value for each other. Both of those trends I think are gonna grow. Yeah, There is a great propensity now for, like I say, to, to be able to put a, a young aspiring male or female athlete who wants to play rugby into another country where, yeah. where those clubs will pay. And that all of those things together are trends which are only going to grow. Uh, for, for me, and I think they're the things that people should be looking at getting involved in. Otherwise, you're going to get left behind. No, and that, I mean, like, and that's the really key thing, right? I mean, like, we're we're trying to help some some young people here in order to to be aware, and if they want to, you know, be part of 
uh, you know, the, 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 the rugby world or, or even like, you know, the, the, the streaming side of things and also the technology innovation. And with the pandemic too, like there had to happen like a big change, you know, in this, it, obviously the, the industry was already kind of like on its way, but it, it's just had to ramp up in a much 100%. faster element, which obviously, you know, indicates based on the, the, the expected, you know, valuation of, of, of the streaming, stre- streaming side of things. Uh, lastly, I mean, like, I, I think it's, you know, we've been going to a lot of different things. And I think, you know, now, if you want to, I guess, in a sense, you know, in a bit summarize, but also uh, talk a little bit about what tips do you have for, you know, any sports student out there looking to, to get their foot in the door? Uh, what, what are some, I guess, advice you would, you, you would give them here at the end? Absolutely. Keep your focus on your professional dream, boys and girls. Keep that focus alive because that will drive you through the difficult times. But remember, don't let anybody fool you that this is a long-term industry within sports. Some sports will be longer than others, yes, but build something alongside what you're doing. So get yourself, if you're academically minded, get yourself an, an MBA or a degree or something that you can do alongside that. God forbid you get an injury or it's cut yours or even at the end, you can overlap as your career is going through. And that's so critically important. I can't emphasize enough the importance of lifelong learning. You know, you do, you, you go to, you get your exams, you go to, you, if you, you forget about them, nobody cares about them. You go to university, you get knowledge or something, nobody cares about them because you go on to do your master's, blah, 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 blah. It's yeah. what you use that for in the future. So focus on building something alongside. What else? Ex- explore what else is out there in your industry. So for us, if you know, if you're an aspiring player, male or female athlete in the rugby in- industry, what else in the rugby industry would interest you? Refereeing, video analysis, sports analysis, performance enhancement, doing your lifeguard test. I mean, there's some there's small things that we give to people when they come through the academy. You know, personal fitness training, strength and conditioning, coaching, refereeing. And you can take that same premise for every sport. Find out what's in your industry that you think you would like and helps you also understand your sport better. Because what we're finding is with a lot of our students, they become better players as well as better individuals because they understand the processes involved in the industry and offer right. more by doing some of these qualifications. And that's my top tip. Awesome. I think that's a perfect way to wrap things up. Uh, Joe, as always, thanks. Thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it. It was a, it was a pleasure having you part of our podcast, you know, sharing your tips, tips and insights with us. And uh, for those of you that have been there all the way at the end, you know, make sure to like the video, subscribe as well. So you get, you know, key tips from leaders like Joe every week, you know, every week you can learn something new, which is always a good thing. And uh, so always, if you haven't already, you know, sign up to sportingglobal.com, you know, connect with Joe. Uh, follow, follow the Rugby Ireland Academy there and uh, make sure, you know, to make the most out of uh, out of your your journey and stay stay focused. And Joe, all, all, all the way at the end here, I need to kind of, you know, we have a little challenge that we do for all our podcast guests. So I have to do the same with you. You know, it's just just part of part of the journey. Um, so I have to teach you a little bit Norwegian. That's, okay. that's the challenge. <laughs> awesome. All right. So with every video we do, we always finish with "Be snakkes, which means see you later in Norwegian. So that's what they have to say. Say it again. Vi snakkes. Vi snakkes. There you go. Perfect. There you go. 
Great job, Joe. <laughs> and, in, and, and in Irish, we would say, good meal a million thanks. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, thank you so much, Joe. We'll, uh, we'll talk very soon. And uh, uh, again, thanks, thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. Look after yourselves, guys. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you.